you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm Peanut Toolman, and this is the NFL Player Second Acts Podcast. My co-host, Mr. Roman Harper, my uncle. What's up, baby? What's up, man? Uh, I'm doing well. I got my turtleneck on. Uh, Roger you got Goodell your grown man ins- on. You look good. Roger Goodell inspired me. So uh, he inspired the look. I Inspo. Think you, yeah. I wow. think that, I think you look good. Appreciate you, that, you, man. You're killing the coat. I like it. Thank Turn you, man. Look, you can't Mock. speak yet. You cannot no, speak No, this is yet. a new intro. No, you cannot speak <laughs> yet. I'm, actually, I'm not the co-host. Is, I'm sorry. You cannot okay. speak okay. yet. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, anyways, before we introduce our guest who's already talking, I want to all of our listeners, all of our viewers, wherever you pick up a podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, which we have the beautiful set behind us, thanks to them. Uh, give us a five-star rating. Hit, Give us a review. Click that follow button. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend because we're doing big things on this NFL Second Players podcast. All right. Our guest, uh, again, lengthy resume. I'm going to just I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version. Why, Why do you have to go there, Peanut? Why can't we just start talking? We just can't start. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, we got a special one today. <laughs> He's got a lengthy resume. Bought out at Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Okay. Executive Vice President of Football Operations, ladies and gentlemen, Troy Vincent. That resume wasn't that lengthy either. Yeah, Yeah, it was nice. It was nice and tight. It was nice and tight. Nice and tight. I did the opposite. Yeah, you did. You're supposed to flow with me on that. I didn't know where that was going. I know. You're not supposed to know. No. So, Troy, check it. I'm going to ask you a question about the, the Hall of Fame. I want to hear your thoughts. So we have Dwight Freeney, Randy Gratisher, Devin Hester, Andre Johnson, Steve McMichael, Judas Peppers, and Patrick Willis. Who is the guy that you are particularly happy for that got into this year's draft class? For all, it's the highest honor yeah. in our profession at, at, at this level to make it through that committee. Mm-hmm. People have been waiting for a long time. But all of the individuals that are now going to have their bus, bus, bus in Canton, it's deserving. Yeah. Devin is someone that was really, really special. So he's someone where I think everyone always had an eyebrow. Mm-hmm. Every since he was eligible. Right. When the classes were announced year in and year out, you always raised your eyebrow. Why do you think why do you think he raised your eye? Because when you were that special Mm -hmm. for that length of time doing what he did, he controlled games. What we talk about Dion taking he controlled one third. You got offense, defense, and special teams. He was that dynamic. He was that special of a football player. Right. He's the one where you said when he's on the field in game planning, he had the red jersey. The quarterback, whoever the guy, you had the double or triple team. But when you were game planning against him that week, 
you always had to know where he was on the field, even if he took an offensive snap because he was that dynamic. He was that special. So I'm, I'm really happy for all. But you're talking about someone long overdue that just was special, special. You know, I I I love that take. It's very interesting to me because Peanut and I have this conversation in over the last year yeah. talking about Devin because I was like. I love Devin. I thought he's, I know he's a great player. He was Peanuts teammate, but he was in my class, draft class. And so I've always followed him since he was at Miami. And I didn't think they'd let him in just purely because sometimes it's just really hard to get in. And he said, I talked to him last night that out of the five, the last previous two years, he was number six. He was one of the last ones to get cut the last couple of years. Not a lot of people know that. And so understanding that, he was more confident than any anybody else walking into this thing over the weekend just because he said what he had been through the last couple of years. And so with all that being said, how do you what is your opinion on the whole process? Because I don't think enough people know the process behind becoming an NFL Hall of Famer. Different. Yeah. And as I have learned, the more I learn about what goes on. And this is not to undermine. I have a tremendous amount of uh, tremendous amount of respect with a bunch of the the voters, but there are some people that I am still I'm still not sure how they're not in the hall. Right. So what is this process? Is it the newness? Yeah. Is it people that are more relevant now today? Mm-hmm. And you know, I played with London Fletcher. Yeah. You talk about, is it numbers? Is it, is it the time period you dominated? I, I, so sometimes I walk away again, just thinking this is who they chose. This is the class, honor, respect, celebrate those. But I don't know what that actual process is. And depending on what, who that, person is presenting that right. individual right can go you know i hear people are buying marketing agents and 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 you know for a, a year long or two years going around the country wait a minute if that's what if this if we've gotten to this place right i think we've uh we've we we're watering down or eroding what that special place should be yeah, yeah. so thank you um let's let's stay in the same vein you were you're getting into the Hall of College Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. How does that make you feel? What do I, how does that, what does that do to you mentally when I say class of 23? College football, Troy Vincent, college class, college football Hall of Fame. Grateful, thankful. The first thing that come to mind when I was, when it was shared with me that I would be in the class of 2023, I just start thinking about Coach Barry Alvarez. Mm -hmm. Something I never thought about, never played for. I won nine football games, just a level set. I won nine football games in four years. And like, I'm gonna repeat that. I was one and ten, two and nine, one and ten, and five and six. You sound about like my record. I won six <laughs> games in college, yeah. all four God, years. Yeah. God, so we were at the bottom, and I was just, I was just holding on. You don't have a lot to play for when you're not scoring points and you're getting beat by 50 points yeah. and 40 points. 
So you're just trying to keep it together. Right. Go to class <laughs> and just show up. So to be to be considered, I'm just thankful. Yeah. Because it wasn't me. It was a lot of there was a lot of individuals. Paul Jett, who I have not talked to since I left college. He was my position coach. But I just think about Coach Alvarez and what he instilled in myself and the things that he taught me about being a good teammate and how to be a good pro. So with your title and your role, how would you assess the play uh, this past season? Every evolving. The play on the field. So when I think about when I I watch the game from a different point of view today, I'm not watching the game. I'm watching things that take place in the game. So you're not um, watching like a player, like when we watch the when we watch game film or just the play. I'm looking at splits. I'm looking at the the the, the motions. You don't you don't do that now. Those days are long. Those long. days they've, long been, gone. they've been gone almost a decade now. Okay. I'm looking at play clock, game clock, officials in the right place, the operation. I'm looking at the whole <laughs> yeah. What's going on? TV breaks. You know, I'm looking at are so the mechanics going to be right? Standpoint, I'm, I'm, yes, sort of. just yeah, yeah. Really, the efficiency okay. and the administration of the game. Okay. And then while watching, there are things that I'm looking for that is a priority of the membership in the competition committee. Example: hip drop tackle, split flow block, defenseless player hits, right? Use of helmet hits. I'm charting those things to see where they show up. Illegal blocks. Thinking of things that we still need to clean up mm-hmm. and continue to educate one, the player, the coach, and the general fan base. So this year they've had the most sacks, I think, recorded. I think you you, yes. you stated like that. So with, with that being said, where do you think the game is going? So this is, and I, I've said this multiple times for probably the last eight years. There's one position that has not evolved in our game. Lyman. The Lyman. The offensive linemen have not evolved the way the game has evolved. What does that mean? Rule. If you look at, if anybody just looked at the pro bowlers, I'm just using them as an example. Yeah. Those guys look like forwards, basketball forwards. When you look at the Watts and you look at um, the defensive ends, I'm just using him as an right, example. Right. They're, they're, just, they're just tremendous athletes physically. Playing against guys that can't that that just hasn't evolved. These guys are they sprinting. I mean, they're coming off the they're they're coming off of this ball. Two seconds, the ball has to be gone in the gun. <laughs> and when you watch, so that's why you see there's two areas that offensive holding mm-hmm. is one that we say what areas could there's an offense there's an offensive hold on every snap. Yeah. In the National Football League. Yeah. So I just I say that that part of the game has to evolve. Better coaching. And it may be time to start looking for a different composite of an athlete to block that individual that's on the, on the edge. I mean, you just think about the guys that were up for the defensive in, the defensive MVP. Them them edge rushers. It's real. Yeah. I think that's so cool because that's something I never thought about. And then Me coming either. from a defensive perspective. You you see less and less heavy blitzing teams competing for championships. They have front four rushers and just let them boys go hunt. When they can get after you with four, 
Yeah. And then if you put a, a three or two technique in there that can actually rush the passer, right? you got problems. And you see it every Sunday, every Monday, and every Thursday. It is a complete mismatch. <laughs> yeah. So anyone, everyone's talking about the tackle at KC. You know, getting off and jumping. Well, he leads the league in penalties, unfortunately. And he's already cheating back, too. He's like yeah. barely... Head crossing it. So it's that is the one. So when I look no, at the game, turning white, he's scared. <laughs> we can finally say, yeah, that the dual threat quarterback has arrived. Yeah, we don't have to call him out. He's not an anomaly anymore. The dual black quarterback. If you don't have a dual threat quarterback, mm -hmm. you can't compete. Yes. Yeah. Those defensive ends, those linebackers, they're too good. So the the dual threat quarterback has arrived. We've seen more quarterback sneaks more designed quarterback runs than we've seen in the history of our game. Right. So a couple of buddies and I, we all get together sometimes and we always talk. Here we go. Well, <laughs> we just talk about the rules and how things get implemented. So I know that Wimbledon, uh, I think golf, they do it as well. They have like a chip in the ball to where they know if the ball, if it hits slightly over, it can mark it and let you know if it's out of bounds, inbounds. There's a lot of talk about, did he get the first down? Did he not get the first down? Human error? Did he stress? Did it quite make it? Different angles of the camera view. Is there a way or have you thought about the technology? Is, I think it's called a Hawkeye system. That there could be some form of a chip or something in the ball to let you know if it physically went 10 yards or if it went nine and a half. So that currently exists today. Next Gen Stats was the... Everyone has a chip. The ball has a chip. We're really close to that being implemented to measure. Was it a first down? The yard to gain. We've been we've had some proof of concepts the last three years in preseason. The punt, uh, the ball going out of bounds. Yeah. We wanted to make sure it was accurate. Mm -hmm. You know, so the latency on that. The challenge that we have with line to gain is sometimes you got a pile. Right. Where did his body part, you know, did his knee, did his elbow hit? Because the ball may be one place, but the ball comes back to where the body part landed. So we talked through it. There is technology. Our team, Kimberly Fields, yeah. Future Football, Andre Perez, RJ Pay, they are looking at optical tracking. And the advancement of how can we better use technology that we see in other sports to advance our game. Now, I do believe the traditionist, the traditionalist loves the like there's some drama. Love it. To did he get it? Man, he looks like he's short. The spot. Yeah. The, so there is some of that that you want to keep. Right. And then there's times was like, man, that's clear and obvious. Let's keep this thing moving. That's the first down. Or he's short. So that is that is coming. We just want to make sure that it's accurate and we can do a proper reading efficiently. All right. All right. First of all, great, great question, Peanut. Yes. We say that all week because I thought it was a great mm -hmm. idea. I never actually thought about that. And I'm even more shocked that you guys have already been implementing that yes. and are getting just getting closer and closer to when we want to roll this thing yes. out. Uh, talking about other parts of technology in sports and what we're doing with our teams. Um, I want to know your opinion on. So what is too much technology access? And what is about the right amount? Because some teams are going to be naturally better at it than others. But for you, like all the tablets on the sidelines, 
Like, what is the right amount of technology or with the advancements that we're getting right now? So what you hear, I'm a, I would consider myself a traditionalist. Okay. Put the work in during the week, watch enough game tape during the week, evaluate your opponent enough during the week, and allow the game and the natural progression on Sunday, Mondays, and Thursdays to play out. With AI, the machine learning, there's a the membership. Right. When I say they, the membership has not been ready to move forward with video on the sidelines. We do it in preseason. Yeah. They're still going to still. Just the pictures. It's just the pictures. But you'll hear the coach say, I want the coach and the player to make that adjustment and not allow technology to give him, a, give him an advancement on game day because he didn't prep properly during the week. Right. Yeah. That's real. And I have, and I think we all appreciate that. Don't allow technology to supplement what somebody's not doing during the week. Right. Mm -hmm. But there is a place that we believe at least video on the sidelines, video in the coaching booth. You know, we still got printers. Come on, fellas. <laughs> Come on. We still printing. On the sidelines. I, I, had, I had plenty of coaches there where there's like they didn't like the pad when they rolled out the, the, the paper. The yeah, the, the, the they were so the used to the paper. Yeah. Get that, get, get yeah, that, yeah, get yeah. that out of here. Get that out of my face. But they go back. Yeah. They're doing this in high school. So even the advancement with, let's think about this. Right now, you only got two people with the green dot that you can communicate to, right. coach to player. What if we gave two or three other players the same rather than one? The challenge with that is. Typically, offense is advanced because defenses can't get lined up. Right. <laughs> now, if the defense can get lined up properly. If we had three people getting the signal or getting the call, communication be immaculate. I think it would actually, I think we'll see impact in scoring. I mean, just think about the number of touchdowns that we've seen on blown coverages. Yeah. Just because people just can't get lined up. So think about coach to player, official to official, the video on the sideline. What we have to safeguard against in this world of legalized gambling, and it's my primary responsibility, mm -hmm. is not introducing things to the game that may put any doubt that the games are not properly ran. Fixed is a term that people use. Today, we don't have that challenge because any technology is NFL technology. Right. So the tablets on the sidelines, we control that. We manage it. The coach, yeah. the player, coach, the official to official, that's right. all ran. It's not ran by a third party. It's 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 us. So we need to safeguard it, but we do believe it can advance of the game. We're looking at optical tracking for the officials, for watches. Okay. Game clock bought when the ball snapped. So you always hear that, hey, did the ball, was the ball snapped at the right time? So we're looking at some optical tracking, watch, and shades to help or glasses to, okay. to help the officials oh, as well, James to assist Bond officials. Right there with the yeah. so it, look, Troy, I, I know I don't have a vote, but I, I'm down with just the pictures. Like, don't give them the video. I'm with you. See, but, and, and, but I, I like would tell you. But, but, Cause you gotta, it's, I don't, it's, it's people that school. don't know. What it is, is you have a pre-snap shot yep. and then you have a post-snap post shot. Of like it. the first two seconds, but you have to go over there to the sideline and the coach is like, what do you run? And you yes. gotta draw the route. That's right. Instead of seeing it all. So you got to do the work and you constantly, you got to see it. You got to know get what the you replay saw. on the Jumbotron. Yeah. And, and you hear the, the, the coach, Coach Belichick, Mike T. These guys are adamant about the flow of the game and you making real time in-game adjustments. Yes. Yes. 
like they would get up on that floor and just say, I'm not looking for technology to help this coach out on whose formation, so on and so forth. They need to do that on that sheet of paper with that Sharpie yeah. on that bench in between this timeout. So you, and Old it's school. real. That yes. is real. Yeah. Yeah. You listen when you've been through yeah. it. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, I, I like that. So I see you sporting your, uh, your man of the year sweater and honors. They named, uh, the 2023 man of the year, Cam Hayward. And, uh, what did you think about his speech? Did you, first of all, let me, did you, did you get a chance to see or hear a speech? No. Okay. I didn't go to honors. Okay. Fair enough. You didn't go to honors. Well, he, he, he really spoke about, um, his foundation and his charity and he's got, uh, I'm a voter. So I know. Oh, okay. Oh, so yeah. cool. So how how are you feeling about him winning winning the award? It was just because you knew you knew. I mean, it you, was I, just we, a matter of time. We won't have to say who the final three or whatever were. First off, all thirty two guys more than should be nominated. They all have a a, a, a say. So they're all phenomenal guys. But in my what I want to ask you is why why Cam? So I would just say one. I am fascinated and in awe of the diversity right of philanthropy that you see with these young men Mm -hmm. like from clean water to doing things globally to cam i played against cam's father yeah ironhead 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 what cam has been doing Mm -hmm. with the clothes and the suits and he's been doing that for a long he's been impacting that pitchbird community for for a long for a long time and i just feel like to and Peanut, you're a, a, a previous recipient. That longevity in giving back, mm-hmm. that should count. It's not about because I make a certain amount, I'm giving back these millions of dollars. But it's the little things. And I think Cam has done all of the little things right. Yeah. On the field, off the field, with his wife and his children. He's truly impacted that Pittsburgh region. Um, he was more than worthy uh, of of being acknowledged as this year's Walter Payton Man of the Year. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, so let's. I want to talk about a little bit of a controversial topic. And uh, it's not Taylor Swift. Uh, we'll, we'll, we can maybe get into that. But it is the playing surface. Artificial surface versus real grass. What do the, the data points tell you as far as health, concerns, knee issues? I like natural grass, but I also played nine years on turf mm-hmm. and was fine. And practiced on it like all the time. And so how, what is your opinion on it? Uh, is there the consistencies with how it's done and as far as the artificial? Because I think that's another thing is everybody's indoors turf is yeah. different. And it's different from, we get all of the data, yeah. injury data, what happens on natural turf, I mean on turf, what happens on natural grass. 
Very little variance. I think so, too. Yeah, very little variance. And when you survey the guy on how he feels, I think it's important. Don't survey me after I finish the game. Because if I lost, I don't have nothing good to say about the stadium, the right. locker room, the bench, <laughs> hot, cold. I, I had always preferred natural grass. Mm -hmm. Why? I, had all, I was taught and learned that because I was a pure runner, I could run. The actual natural, natural, natural turf or astral turf levels the playing field. But true runners and true speed shows up on grass because you now you you got you got to go you know yeah. you slip or some so so us examining that this hybrid model something that the commissioners talked about like some synthetic some natural what's been played in Green Bay yeah that surface is something that oh is really that, yeah so it's a it's a it's a blend it's a hybrid that has when you look at injury data from a club standpoint or stadium standpoint, one of the lower players really like playing on it because it gives you a little bit of burp. How long both. has that been out? Been there for quite some time. I think they've been playing on a hybrid model at least a minimum of five, maybe five or more years. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. But it's, I wonder it's, if they got to wear the seven studs in there because I know Chicago's grass. So Chicago was a store. I mean, we were known for having like really bad grass. Yeah. And I was a seven stud guy because I knew – I just knew the, the field was going to be trash. Like, so I, peanut was it seven studs with the five eights or seven studs with the no? It was the, the long ones. The long ones. Okay, it was the long one. When I that's knew the only it, time I had to. I wore but seven I, studs. I when knew I it and I was there. used to it. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it, I, it for us it was like our strength because we knew somebody else, from yeah, we they knew. was going to come in. It, they could win the game and they would still complain about how crappy the field was. Yeah. So so think about it now, having a natural grass field in Green Bay, you're not in a dome. Just trying to keep it looking, alive. looking not just alive to play on, but just looking presentable. Right, Cleveland. You get these outdoor stadiums, <clears throat> Kansas City. It is it's really difficult. But I do believe now with the science and the research that has been done, there are some models that are if you can do it in Green Bay. Yeah, which seems as though that surface is something that the players. The scientists, the engineers feel is a, is, is a good model. Maybe that is could be something that could be implemented, you know, throughout throughout the league. Now you get some some turf stadiums. You don't hear many people complain about Atlanta mm -hmm. or Dallas, which I think those two, from a best practice standpoint, New Orleans. You all are turning that field over often. They do, but what they do, teams that are having a lot of events. Mm -hmm. They just have a different cadence of the care of the surface. In Dallas, you hear very, if nothing, Atlanta, nothing about their playing surface. What the, what the Joneses and the Blanks are doing, and those, they're turning those fields over. What Mrs. Benson is doing in New Orleans, those are good practices and models that we potentially uh, could go towards. But what's the standard of it, though? Like, what's the standard of New Orleans versus Green? Excuse me, New Orleans versus Dallas versus Atlanta. I think the, it's the care. Is, is there, I think a, it's but, the care. But is there a guy from the league that says, "Hey, this turf is good today"? Is, oh, the, is there a checks and balances? Oh, or absolutely. Is just, so every or is it just every for the week. Team? Oh no, 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 no. There's a third party. We have independence. Yeah. You know, so there's density checks, softness. Yeah. That is that is. We start doing that the week of. All the way up at the kickoff. So I wonder you have what an that was when you played on like real astral turf, like the old carpet, like this. I wonder what that oh, no, was I, like. I played on the, the 
at the vet. It was, you know, you go to the Home Depot <laughs> yeah. and you go in the back and you can roll off what you yeah, want with yeah. the little, little. That's how the vet was. I mean, it's night and day yeah. from what it was in the past. But I would like to, I must acknowledge Dallas, New Orleans, and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Their practices on that turf, and they have a lot of events there, a lot yeah. of ball games, college yeah. ball games. But that field is ready to go. The thing I appreciate about New Orleans, I remember it was because they redid the indoor practice facilities turf too. And they they redo that quite often. Yeah. And it really goes into like how much sand versus the rubber. Yes. Like and understanding which ones are easier on the knees and the body. So yes. they did the one at the stadium different for faster track yes. versus the one at the practice facility. Yes. They wanted to be easier on the body and on the joints. So they put more sand in it, less rubber. It just made it the the density thing that yes. you're talking about. Like the consistencies are different. I, and that's what they're looking for. Ron. Yeah. When you talk about that, that is what the player and we were in that yes. same position when we played. You're just looking for some kind of consistency. You never get what you what you practice on during the week. Right. But you want to get as close as to that, right. that feel as you possibly yes. can. I think that's what we're aiming towards. Yep. And we, we took the speed down at practice because of the turf. Yes. But the injury prevention was at that top of the mind. Mine. Yes. Then on game day, we want some speed. We'll allow everybody to run out here and let yes. the horses run. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, this still with injury prevention in mind, understanding that yes. the turf is what everybody, it just gets this negative connotation. Yes. And they think that, oh, it's just because it's turf, more knees get torn yes. up. And it's not. And I'm it, talking about <laughs> very, very little difference. I just think it's any. the game. It's, yes. it's the it's a violent game played at a high rate. I've always liked Green Bay Stadium. Even when I played back in like 2010, before they had the hybrid, they always mm-hmm. said, we used to, and we used to say like, well, how come our city look like this <laughs> and Green Bay's look like that? So think about it. There was a time when we came out in Miami, the Marlins was playing and we played three days later or the day after. So the, the infield was just dirt and paint uh, yeah, I hated like, that. those I hated days that. are over yeah. which which i appreciate that's the advancement in the game me too those days are oakland was like that i only had to do that yes. one time in oakland and i did not want to make the top nobody wants like, to get yeah, on the that dirt. dirt yeah, yeah that's nobody wants to get up. And especially and your work and that's the first series you like man we were white on white man look at this <laughs> yeah, man. i'm on yeah. television looking, looking crazy. like this and your cleats don't right, rock right no, in the dirt. No, no, not <laughs> None at all. None, None of that. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. <laughs> the technology that y'all doing the hybrid turf uh, with a little bit of the hybrid uh, grass. I'm, I'm I didn't know that, that was a thing. I yeah, didn't Green Bay is a little hybrid model. Is a little bit Did of not both know that. synthetic and natural with the right feel. So, because it almost feels like all grass, but there's some synthetic in there to keep it together. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, Taylor Swift. Yes. Uh, so another controversial thing. <laughs> the outsiders, they, all right? Now, I'll be honest, football has always had its own lane, right? And all of a sudden, the pop cultures and the Swifties swerved in, right? And collided into the lane of the NFL. And some people think that the NFL and the rules committees have set it up to where you guys want Taylor Swift and Kansas City Chiefs to be here, and you guys set it up. What do you say about that, Troy Vincent? <laughs> I'm going to admit, I didn't know who she was. <laughs> it's safe to say he's not a Swift. <laughs> Literally, I'm watching the game. They're about to kick off, and I'm, I keep in my mind, I'm looking over at Coach Fuel saying, 
why do they keep panning in the box? You know, like the camera. <laughs> yeah. And then someone said, that's Taylor Swift. When the TV breaks, I'm like, hey, who's Taylor Swift? Man, she dating Kelsey. You know, they, so to say that we <laughs> plan this and I'm on the front end of this thing. Yeah. I didn't know who the young lady was. I literally, when we came in flying here, I asked my daughters the question, is she like on Beyonce level? And they like, <laughs> but how did you not know though? This Man, is I just, maybe because I'm not in that space. Okay. But I've seen her every week now that Kansas City plays. Yeah. And for me, now I'm like, man, that's good for the game. If we got more eyeballs watching the game, watching the guys get it on, go for it. Yeah. So, but I did not know, literally at the Pro Bowl, I was in the car and I I was in the car with the right people because I didn't want to sound like I, I wasn't up on things. I was like, is she like on like Beyonce's level? Like we talking Michael Jackson. They was like, that really you really asking me this question like she's selling out like in china three nights in a row yeah so coming from japan got, yeah <laughs> so i'm like japan. okay but i think it's good you know personally we're just at a place where culture entertainment sport it's all coming together i think it's great man especially for young folks yeah yeah i think it's great i love i just i just had to know I, they they needed to know troy I mean, you can't make that stuff up, but I'm like, <laughs> yo, why are they, why is this camera keep going back in this box? And you just didn't know. I just did not know. Maybe I'm naive. You are completely naive. So naive. You are completely naive. This woman is a, a, a phenomenon. So I asked the question, is she a country singer? I, I didn't know. She started out as a country singer. I didn't, I did not know. Now she's just pure pop. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, I, Talented young lady. First woman, first person to win uh, four Grammys for album of the year. So, which is crazy. Beyonce's got more Grammys. Yes. She's got, thir Swift has 13 total Grammys, four album of the year Grammys. So is it fair to say she's going to be here at Super Bowl 58? It's fair to say she's going to be here. They said she's getting a, uh, that, that's, a that's, that's, been that's another thing that yeah. they have been talking about is they the tracking of her. Her oh plane coming back from Japan to make it in time. Oh it's been such a thing. The the embassy of Japan put a statement out <laughs> because she will be in Japan playing. So the embassy, the uh, I, I swear they. So they do you put guys a tweet. have to study this? Like no, like, it's just is this like it's just on news. news. It's okay. just on news. It's just on the news. Japan's uh, embassy, U.S. embassy, put out a statement and said, with her having this concert in Japan. She will have more than enough time. And what benefits her is that the game is on the West Coast. So she don't have to go all the way to the East Coast. If, say, the Super Bowl was in, like, New York or something, she gains the time. And she will have more than enough time to be here. Like so, the she's, so she's performing in Japan. Hopping on a flight 13 hours. She'll be here at, like, 11. So maybe we pick up some additional. If they know, they're fine. If they're tracking her. Yeah. Maybe we pick up some additional eyeballs to watch our greatest game. You you uh, you might <laughs> pick up another hundred million people good, watching great. this game because she's got a good 250, 280 people on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I don't yes. know she does TikTok. Now, she whatever. seems very nice. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Just yeah. watching, she seems very pleasant. Good Christian country girl. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's a whole deal. I I love it. Tell me this. I got the question because I I 
somebody asked me this question and I would love to, your opinion. And I, I know you guys, the competition, you want it to be level and, but Super Bowl cities, I really only think it should be at like three or four places. I, I just think, like, I know we want to get it right, but Miami should be always there. I think, which, which there is always a rotation. Yeah, yeah. I, I think New Orleans needs to always be there. You're a little biased oh, And the only reason I'm saying these cities is because I'm thinking of the player that wins the thing. So and we're then, back in New Orleans it, next year. Yeah, yeah. So, right. And so after you win it, like, I want to go hang out at the club somewhere. So some places that don't close early, like L.A. stuff closes early. So by the time the game's over, you don't have time really to celebrate. He only talking about just from a party standpoint. And I think Las Vegas, I think this has been a very intriguing and interesting. Intriguing. And interesting week. Yeah, it's been some crazy stuff it's happening. It's been different. I'm one of your stories. If we, we could talk about that <laughs> offline. About some hotel stuff. I, I got a good hotel story yeah. for you. And it happened. But I, I think Las Vegas messed up because they were doing all this renovation so, to get it ready for the yeah. Super Bowl so, and they're not done. So yeah. now remember, there is a process. You have to meet certain requirements, certain yes. average temperature a year, certain, oh. so many hotel rooms. Um, typically, outside of the New Jersey, the MetLife Super Bowl, typically that's a, a dome or outside of, yes. unless, you, unless you're hitting that threshold of, I think an average temperature of like 76 or 74 degrees a year. So uh-huh. that's why you always see them come back to the Miamis, yeah. the California, the North. Yes. Because of that hotel capacity, big city capacity, but then that average temperature. And we thought that in Dallas, even though dome, but remember, we froze to death. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> the froze bow. <laughs> but this bad. has been an interesting, interesting week. Uh, yeah, it, it's been very interesting. I got some great stories <laughs> offline that we could talk about. <laughs> and they, you laugh because you know what they are. But yeah, I do. I do very, know what they very are. interesting stories about our hotel. So also, Super Bowl cities. Typically, if there's new construction, new stadium. Correct. Yeah. There's there's some consideration not Minnesota. a promise. Minnesota, yeah, there's there's a if you're putting up a new stadium, you want to show love. You want to show some love. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's a consideration of the membership um for their partners when they yeah. put up these monster stadiums. Troy, that's it, man. We ain't got nothing else for you. You can't. Thank you. It. This has been I heard I you was I heard you was nervous. Why was you nervous? This is it's us. No, I wasn't nervous. Fellow brother. <laughs> I, I love y'all. I, I am so proud of you all. I didn't know how it was going to work when that when the idea came. And you couldn't have picked two better men. Man, appreciate that. Appreciate that. Thank you, man. I receive it. And I you, you, you came on with us early in this whole, yeah. this whole situation. Yeah, like, it was on Zoom. Does it work? Yeah, yeah, does yeah. it not work? And then, well, the people are, they're not demanding brothers. They're not, you know. And y'all did it. Y'all killing it. Thanks, and the, and the, folks, the folks love you. And I just appreciate you all representing the Legends community, the players, in your authentic way. It means a lot. So keep up the great work. Thanks. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate it. You received that? I received that. Peanut has a, a, a problem with sometimes receiving really good information or compliments. He doesn't always accept them. So Please receive that. Even, it, he did. I know I didn't go to I, Syracuse. No. <laughs> but I, please receive that. Dwayne Joseph, that's that's what I was thinking of because I just saw him. Your homeboy, my bad. <laughs> Look, man, we're going to get up out of here, man. Troy, thanks, man, for always blessing us with your time and your your words and your opinions. I, we learned a lot today, especially about the game. I hope more and more of our people uh, tune into that. All of our fans, viewers, and listeners, thank you for always tuning in. Wherever you pick up your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, 
Give us a five-star rating. Click follow. Give us a review. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Tell a friend. Appreciate tell a friend. It. Make that sure you tell, tell a friend. friend. Peanut, get us out of here, man. Hey, I'm Peanut. That's my guy, Rome. That's Troy. <laughs> we out. Peace. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.